Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another podcast, another episode of EGEOs. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Dr. Merit Brommer, and she is the executive director of the International Geothermal Association. How are you doing today, Merit? I'm doing very well, Rachel. I'm doing very well indeed. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. It's an honor and a pleasure to see you here uh, virtually. I, I follow you on LinkedIn. I love what you're posting and what you're doing. And thank you so much for responding to me when I reached out to you. I, I very much appreciate your time. Well, you're very welcome. And as I said, it's, it's an honor being here. And I love what you do as well. I think it's fantastic that you put that spotlight on all the geos are doing out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So could you please tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? So where uh, you're originally from, where you grew up, and perhaps something that influenced you while you were growing up that led you to be who you are today. Fantastic question to start this uh, conversation off. So, um, well, I'm, I'm Dutch. I'm a Dutch native, and I was born and raised uh, in Amsterdam. And that's the capital of that very tiny country called the <laughs> Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And I think that already, let's say, defines a little bit of who you are, because the size of a country does matter in the end. Because for me, a distance is, uh, you know, in my world, it's kilometers. So uh, mm-hmm. a couple of kilometers is already like, what? Is it that uh, <laughs> that far? <laughs> so, um, so I think uh, it was a very, uh, very, um, let's say, uh, welcoming youth, I must say, in terms of the, the, the environment that I grew up in, the, the, the facilities that we had in Amsterdam, in terms of the infrastructure of a big city and, and, and all that. Um, but also, my family is very open-minded and mm-hmm. very diversity-oriented. So mm-hmm. it was a, yeah, it was a, a very, uh, very easy-going childhood, so to see, in an easy-going city. Mm-hmm. And and hence, I think that is um, perhaps not for all the Dutch. Let's not generalize. But for me, as a person, it had definitely, let's say, influenced my thinking of of, of who I want to be, but also what I appreciate in life and mm-hmm. that openness and respect for each other, the many cultures that we have in our school for instance in Amsterdam that is all very important to me as a as a, as a person and it was also accommodated uh, within the family and within you know the street where we were living and school where that I attended so I think that is sort of you know that open-mindedness the diversity and the appreciation of of, of, of that lifestyle that is uh, I think for me uh, very defining mm-hmm. absolutely so could you please tell us a little bit more about where you went to school what are your degrees and maybe a story or two about your career path? So I went to school in Amsterdam. It's really, it's one story. <laughs> so I went to school in Amsterdam, both primary and secondary. Um, and um, I, I decided to do geology actually uh, after traveling uh, for a very long time because I really had no clue what I wanted to do. Uh, and I guess as a, um, uh, as a result of such a easygoing, uh, diversity-embracing uh, family, mm-hmm. um, when I was 18, I, uh, I said to my, uh, to my mom and dad, 
so now I'm done with school. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I'm out. And um, and 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 I got this really yeah big interest in seeing more of the world, and uh, and 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 had also the pleasure uh, to do so by working here and there and taking on these you know smaller roles and freelancing and this and that and and that got me you know to marvelous places, mm-hmm. really fantastic places across the earth. And and coming from a small country such as the Netherlands, which is basically the end of a delta to stay in the geology terms, uh-huh. um, you know, with a couple of rivers flowing in the sea. I mean, we don't have hills, Rachel. We don't. Eh? I mm-hmm. mean, the, what, the highest mountain in the Netherlands, we shared it with the Belgians and the Germans, <laughs> and it's about 300 meters high. So that's sort of the geography that we tend to uh, to live in. Yeah. And I guess within the travel that I've done and exploring of the earth beauties and treasures, I really became appreciative of, of geology and of understanding why country to country, the world is so different. And, mm-hmm. you know, mountains, the high, the high of it, but also... So, coastal systems and and islands etc etc so that really got me when i returned to the netherlands that really got me into geology i studied geology in amsterdam again in amsterdam and Mm -hmm. um but i did go 30 kilometers away and did my phd in delft so well done me isn't it yeah oh i love delft it's so cute That's a good word. I think that is typical Dutch cities. We're cute. I mean, this is, you know, we have these old historic, you know, inner centers, especially the older city centers. Mm -hmm. And um, you can walk or bike because it's also very popular to bike uh, in 10, 15 minutes. You're across the town. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's a typical Dutch inner city. And um, yeah, so I did my PhD in Delft, uh, geophysics uh, or applied uh, applied geophysics, uh, Mm -hmm. a bridge between geology and, 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 and seismic. And um, and uh, and that was really really nice. I really enjoyed also the technical university and the technical breadth of bridging between the science behind geo and then the application of it in a technical discipline. And I guess then after that, it's sort of natural to move into oil and gas. Mm-hmm. It is it's it's very sort of yeah a natural career path almost. Um, so I worked for a couple of years in uh, in uh, in the French uh, in, uh, in in Total, the French mm-hmm. company, energy company, and then uh, for another let's say four, four or five years uh, for Shell. And um, yeah, and and within those roles, I have been looking at a variety of of energy assets, both offshore and onshore. Looking after the geology, well side, really operational roles, and in Shell, more like technology deployment mm-hmm. and seismic, new seismic technology, and again being that bridge between the very clever people who are designing all of that and the ones who are at the end of the day trying to use it yeah. or not understanding how to use it, and then you know <laughs> that and and that's really interesting to see you know, the importance of being that bridge between the two worlds, the end user and the ones who are inventing it. So that was the offer by Shell and it was an exciting one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So could you take us through your career path from oil and gas to where you are now? Yes, because something happened on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in hindsight, it sounds like such a natural transition uh, because you know you're in oil and gas you're a geologist and all of a sudden you're in geothermal and you're leading a large organization yeah. and it all makes sense you know in hindsight when you're building up your cv and sometimes people ask me for my bio and i look at it and i think yeah it does make sense mm-hmm. but behind that path and behind that journey sits also a period of heavy thinking and reflecting on okay do i want to work forever in oil and gas and who am i what is geology what <laughs> is 
is theology needed you know in, yeah. in, in, in when i am retiring and i hope not to retire pretty soon but you know what i mean so you're reflecting yeah. on i still have three decades to work or do i want to dedicate my time to oil and gas and of course also oil companies going back and forth into mm -hmm. their cycles and it's all that i think at a certain time that hits you in the mind and in also emotionally i guess mm -hmm. in terms of you seeing people getting made redundant and do you want to go into the same stressy feelings and etc so um even though in hindsight it looks marvelous but it took uh also critical thinking and mm -hmm. some decision making and some jumping because i literally jumped the ship I mm -hmm. said to myself, look, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to find another job if I just sit here and wait for it mm -hmm. to happen. So I decided to leave and also to leave uh, the, the, the company, so to speak, and leave oil and gas. And I thought to myself, okay, I want to work in renewables and I want to work in a non-commercial environment. Mm -hmm. And not that I dislike commercial, not at all, but it would be good for me for after 10, 15 years in sort of a commercial environment to sit in an NGO or a non-profit or more like, you know, like, like a a, a, a big organization that does multiple things, but then mm -hmm. not just oil and gas or just geology or whatever. And yeah, you know, as a geologist, you enter into geothermal then because what, what's cooler than geothermal when you mm -hmm. are a geologist in the energy transition? And I think here comes in a little bit of luck, a little bit of this is, you know, sometimes in life there are these crossroads and I happen to be on the right crossroads at the right time with the right amount of luck mm -hmm. and the sort of dedication and pushiness. And that got me into the seat of executive director of the IGA. And mm -hmm. I, I was made uh, or was appointed an ED in 2017, so mid-2017, which is now, what is it, four years ago. So mm -hmm. it's not that far. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it feels like ages. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but yes, mm -hmm. because it was a natural. And as I said, you know, it feels natural, but it wasn't natural when I was in that decision making process. Mm -hmm. But it feels so natural. The flow is easy. The, the, the job is fantastic. It simply is a fantastic world to be in, in geothermal. It's exciting to see, you know, all the new stuff that's happening, but also what we have already achieved within geothermal. It's an exciting, let's say, renewable space to be mm -hmm. because it, it gets more and more attention. And at the same time, you get to do what we geos like most. Eh? You're utilizing and using and looking after something that is beneath your feet and mm -hmm. how to map that and see that and produce uh, safely uh, fluids from it is something that I feel very passionate about. Absolutely. So in terms of uh, specific uh, to geothermal energy, what do you like most about it? I think um, at the end of the day, what I where I see the similarities, uh, for instance, obviously with oil, but also with hydropower, and mm -hmm. I, and, and I talked to you why that is. Um, uh, within geothermal, we're more than just a product of mm -hmm. electricity or of heat uh, to heat up or cool down your houses. What we are is actually a resource, mm -hmm. and that resource can offer many many things, including, of course, electricity, including heating and cooling of homes and houses and industries and 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 so on. But it also provides, you know, um, a bathing experience in spas. It provides mm -hmm. lithium. As well, but there's a huge focus these days on geothermal brines and to extract lithium from our brines and use it for batteries. So mm -hmm. you're also serving mobility via um, the EV revolution. And I think that's the beauty of geothermal, that there is a resource. It's beneath our feet. Similar to oil, because if you look at oil, it, it's not just oil to, uh, to, to, to have as a fuel uh, for your car. It, mm -hmm. it, it's mobility, but it's also our medication, for instance. It's plastics. It's everything. So it's a lot 
a lot of products and a lot of services come out of a resource. Hydropower, very similar. I mean, it offers electricity through big dams, but also storage. Mm -hmm. It offers heating a potential combined with certain uh, micro, micro pumps. And, and I think this is, this is so exciting about geothermal. If you, if you know how to use the resource, it goes beyond the mm -hmm. service of calling that electricity or heat. And I think that's the exciting bit about geothermal. Absolutely. So within geothermal, do you foresee any new trends or developments uh, as we come out of this post-COVID world? And then also looking towards the future, like in five or 10 years, perhaps? Yes. So, um, yeah, I see a lot of movement mm -hmm. and it's predominantly because of, um, well, look, COVID, COVID has put an enormous, enormous spotlight on, on, on our energy supply, security, independence and resilience. And, mm -hmm. and, and besides, of course, that COVID is a pandemic and we were locked in at home and, and all those things, COVID has also, you know, showed the world how, how dependent we are in our energy systems mm -hmm. from our, with our neighbors and mm -hmm. our neighbor countries, or even from continents wide and far apart. Mm -hmm. Meaning that that interconnectedness and that sort of geopolitical sphere around energy has become a, a very interesting topic for the Build Back Better packages that are being assigned for renewable energy. Because if there's one thing that's a huge selling point for many governments around the world, is the fact that renewables in general and geothermal maybe even more specifically offers independence. It's mm -hmm. a local to local service. It is something that you can do on the grid or off grid as mm -hmm. electricity. You can individually heat up homes and houses and industries or do an individual bath like a greenhouse or mm -hmm. and, and like a greenhouse. But you can also do clusters and district heating and city centers and and and, it, and you do that independently with an eye on stability and with an eye on resilience. And, mm -hmm. and I think that is very important for the mindsets um, to help discussions and to see more political will, but also some financial instruments to leverage the geothermal field. So that's a trend that was not there two years ago. This is a trend that we see after COVID, and I know certain countries in the world currently, as we speak, Rachel, they are in the midst of COVID, the mm -hmm. pandemic, luckily uh, here in Europe, we're slowly getting out of it, and for which I'm very grateful. Um, but what I see is that the Build Back Better and the Green Deal and, and, and all those energy programs are being focused, and the buzzwords and the narratives are being more and more focused on stability, mm -hmm. resilience, and infrastructure, and we've, we fit it there. Mm -hmm. Second, Second, what we need to do is become much cheaper, more affordable and scale. Mm -hmm. And so what you see in terms of, or at least this is, this is my trend, my prediction for the five to 10 years, because that was your question. Mm -hmm. I think what we see at one end, what we see is a focus, a relentless focus on the technology and then specifically the drilling uh, side, because yeah. we need to drill better, faster, cheaper, you know, it, it needs to be, it, it needs to go deeper perhaps as well. It needs to go in, in what do we call that, the closed loop system. So mm -hmm. not always depend on your one and only well, or maybe two wells, and then your injector well goes down and then you have no project. There are all kinds of, let's say, um, new trends and new technology pushing, uh, let's say, initiatives and also vested interest coming from oil and gas in that space. And that's exciting because that did not happen, let's say, a decade ago. Mm -hmm. It is happening now. Um, secondly, 
the more megawatt per well. Look, in geothermal, we're talking megawatts. Uh, mm -hmm. We should actually be talking gigawatts, but we we're talking megawatts. Um, and we're not talking barrels of oil and we're not talking uh, petajoules, we're talking megawatts. And mm -hmm. at the moment, we have on average worldwide, we do about three to four megawatts per well. Okay. And that that's not good enough because mm -hmm. there is no investor who wants to have that heavy risk profile for only a three megawatt well. So. More productivity and more, let's say, yields and more energy that can be produced from one well. Mm -hmm. That's another trend that I see that the financial discussions, the risk-taking discussions, but also the resource discussions will be focused on. And that can go, for us, Geo is very exciting, super critical, drilling in magma, drilling in super, super hot and super highly overpressurized, um, you know, basins or volcanics or mm -hmm. um, extensional basins, you know, that, that type of regime where we know we're going to hit the supercritical fluid can also be about EGS what we call enhanced geothermal system where we go into dry rock basically but hopefully very hot so beyond let's say the 180 100 200 degrees celsius because I took ski um, and hence you know going into a hot dry rock with an um, with a producing well and an injector well and hence we have to engineer that system a little bit you know that's also a trend that we will see mm -hmm. uh, I bet uh, more and more in the coming uh, years um, and at the same time um, and that's my third trend I want to say mm -hmm. I think um, if I if I really look where the low-hanging fruit uh, is it's on heat heat mm -hmm. is going to be the um, if I may say so the hottest commodity mm -hmm. because everyone needs to decarbonize heat everyone Everyone needs that. It, you need to do that in your own house. You need to do that in your greenhouse, in your data center, in your city center. You need to decarbonize heat. And how you're going to do that if you don't use geothermal, that's a difficult one. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, for geothermal, the third trend, we will see a fantastic focus on all kinds of direct use applications mm -hmm. from small heat pumps to heat exchangers to deep geothermal wells to provide clean heat. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Oh. I've learned so much in just the few few minutes just listening to you talk. Um, so if someone wanted to be uh, more involved with geothermal, whether they're a geologist or maybe just a common person wanting to learn more about it and how they could potentially access it going forward in the future, um, can you recommend how that person can become more involved or learn more about geothermal energy? Yeah, I think uh, for sure. I mean, uh, and, 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 and it's fantastic to see already that there are so many people out there who have a keen interest in, in geothermal. And I think, uh, you know, as always, uh, it's not easy under COVID. And we did, we've done, of course, also with all our associations across the world, so many webinars and virtual meetings. And I think that has already grown into, um, let's say, a knowledge repository around, you know, what is geothermal, what can it offer and how does it work? Uh, um, but I do think, you know, once we're able to come back and sort of meet, I would definitely recommend this person who wants to venture into geothermal to come to 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 to, to small events or bigger events or do dedicated courses around what geothermal can you know mean for their environment or for, for their, their, their interest group, uh, whether that is indeed, as you say, the geology side or drilling or geophysics. Um, equally, I mean, what we're trying to do with, um, with our uh, sponsors and our corporate members, uh, we see a lot of jobs coming up. Uh, mm -hmm. And that hasn't been so in the past, uh, but this year has been fantastic. And we're mapping that as well, which is very interesting to see that growth. Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely recommend, you know, look at our websites. Uh, there is also a fantastic um, 
uh, Think Geo Energy, uh, which is founded by Alex uh, Richter. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic news agent uh, on all things geothermal. So I would definitely recommend having uh, having a look there and become a member of the of the newsletter because every week there will be new. You know, small pockets of information around geothermal. Um, and equally, it is about, you know, reaching out and offer your services. I've been having so many fantastic conversations from, from young people, you know, young, young professionals, all the way to people who are now thinking about, well, either retiring or, or, or doing something else for the remainder of their whatever five years before retirement. You know, how can we help? How can we build a community? Mm-hmm. I can write maybe some pieces. Uh, would that be of use for IGA or for one of your sister organizations? I mean, help is always needed because we're mm-hmm. always under-resourced and uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and then all kinds of things. So, so I think uh, be proactive, be engaging, uh, come to events, show your interest and, 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 and put yourself out there. I mean, the jobs are there. It, mm-hmm. it really is. And, and, and we're doing more and more out of it in terms of advertising it. We can do much better. Um, but uh, I, I, I have the feeling that for next year, we see a lot more vacancies coming up and yeah. uh, lots more projects around the world. So I think it's going to be exciting to watch. That's awesome. And one last question I have. So speaking specifically about people coming from oil and gas, could you maybe uh, explain what the transfer skills are? So things that you personally experienced in oil and gas that, oh my gosh, when you started working more in geothermal, you're like, oh, this this was so valuable. I'm so glad that I learned about this skill set in oil and gas. And now it's really useful for me uh, with geothermal energy. Yeah, that's a good question. A very good question. Because the thing is that with geothermal and, um, um, and, and, and that is just around the world, exactly the same from country to country. It, every, every project is more or less a prototype. It's more or less a one-off project. Sure. And of course, there was certain companies with larger assets, with multiple wells, so to speak, or, or larger portfolios, but they're rare. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, like the Shells and the Totals and the super majors that have, you know, 52 countries operations and mm-hmm. you can shift from one country to the other or you do four years in, in Egypt and you do another four years in, uh, in, in, in Brunei, you know. That's the typical mindset of a global operating company. Geothermal mm-hmm. is not like that. So what you really... What you really need to do is go back to the basic training of what is a rock? <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But 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 really, it is it is one off. So what it means, you need to be you, you, your transferable skills. In my opinion, is this fantastic mindset and ability mm-hmm. of the geologist to combine data into information. So you need information mm-hmm. on your rocks, on your reservoir, on your fluids, on your perm, on your porosity, on on temperature. You need to understand logging. You need to understand the drilling engineer as well, and the reservoir engineer, and the one who's buying your electricity, because you will find yourself as a geologist that you're also trying to finance the PPA, the Power Purchase Agreement. Uh-huh. So. It is a very condensed set of skills all of a sudden that you need. Mm-hmm. And another thing that, and I know these are not uh, many occasions, but I have seen geologists uh, active, for instance, in Indonesia and in the Philippines, where, where, where still a lot of field work is needed. So I would definitely recommend That's the cool. old style geologist who loves field work to go into geothermal because there are still so many, you know, experiments underground needed in terms mm-hmm. of understanding you know the hot springs and the fluids and the temperature measurements and chemistry because the story of earth tells also the story of what's down there especially in those seepages and in those hot 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 spring uh, environments because 
And that's direct measurement. That's your field trip. And mm-hmm. then you can still be that fantastic geologist, you know, that you that you trained for back in whatever, the 80s, 90s or early 2000s. And now you're transitioning into geothermal. You get to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Merit. You're such an inspiration. I greatly appreciate your time and um, I wish you all the best. Well, Rachel, I thank you again for your opportunity uh, to uh, well to speak here and to be with you. I think this is fantastic, the spotlight, as I said, and an honor to have been with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.